Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Whether you're listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or needing a boost of encouragement after a full day, I want for you to feel seen by God, to be encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Well, Erica Opperman and I chatted on last week's episode, and I loved it so much because it was so rich with scripture and godly encouragement. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, check it out. It was episode 114. But today's episode is with my guests, Polly Connor and Rachel Tymeyer. They are the gals from the Thriving Home blog. If you've seen my Insta stories lately, you have seen what I've been making for dinner, and it has been some recipes from their blog. Let me just say, I tried three of their recipes, and they are now all in my monthly rotation. On today's episode, you will hear a part of Polly and Rachel's story. Their journeys of creating and sharing recipes began with two very different stories of their view about food. Rachel's oldest child was 18 months old when they had to adjust their family eating habits because they found out he had Crohn's disease and wanted healthy options for him. And Polly walked through a weight loss journey that led her to whole food eating. Together, they have perfected fixing food for their families using whole food ingredients and no or fewer processed ones. These recipes are versatile for busy women and all of the mamas said, amen. In this episode, we also talk about the unique ways they met their husbands, how they both started in full-time Christian ministry. I really enjoyed how they shared about the purpose in the mundane and how the small unseen things that you do will have a lasting impact. You will want to grab the link to the show notes because Polly and Rachel are providing my podcast listeners a landing page with links to freebies and recipes just for you. So listen to the end when I share with you the link for the show notes. Okay, one more thing. If you enjoy this episode or enjoy listening to the Friends of a Feather podcast, it would be so great if you could go onto your podcast app after listening and click the five stars to rate the podcast. That would be so encouraging for me. And if you have a couple extra minutes and want to go one step further, you can go and write a one or two sentence review. That would be awesome. Thanks, y'all. Okay, well, let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Polly and Rachel from Thriving Home. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Polly and Rachel. Thanks. We are so excited to be here. Yeah, definitely. Yay. Okay. So I know that y'all are believers. You are wives. You are mamas. You are bloggers. You are cookbook authors. So tell us a little bit about you. Polly, you go first. I will start. And sorry if our voices sound kind of similar. We'll try to clarify who's talking. But yes, um, I am Polly and I grew up in a small town, but moved to Columbia. I went to college here and never left. (laughs) Um, I have three kiddos, um, eight, six, and three are the ages and been married for 10 years and um, started by working in our church, um, in youth ministry for about five years and then, um, evolved into this blogging cookbook author, crazy online influencer role. So, so great. 
<laughs> yeah. Holly and I are fairly similar with our stories. I'm a few years older than her. We're both married to pastors, um, that mm. pastor at a church called the crossing. And, um, like her, I've got three kiddos. We're a little further ahead. Um, but I've got a 12 year old boy, a 10 year old girl and an eight year old boy. And we've been married. It'll be 19 years in about a week. Oh, yay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we met here. Well, we're going to talk about that. I think aren't we? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I also went to the University of Missouri and got an English education degree, but instead of teaching um, high school kids, I've always loved kids, um, I got hired by our church right as it was a church plant. I mean, there was like 30 people at our church. I got hired to be in charge of the children's ministry and the student ministry at the time, wow. so ages zero to 18, um, mm -hmm. which was like only the pastor's kids at that point. So <laughs> but I just, I've, I've actually worked for our church um, either in full-time or part-time capacity for 18 years. Um, and then Polly and I, like she said, our blog has really taken off and we've written cookbooks and we've done this for eight years now. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure how long, but I think that is so cool. I was just thinking of the gifts that God has given you and how Polly, he's given you the gift of communication. We you know, your degree is in communication, how you, Rachel, uh, have the degree in um, English and how, you know, writing is that, I mean, just together y'all are like the dynamic duo. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and I think it's interesting too. I've thought a lot about this as well, that, you know, when you go to college, you don't really know yourself all that well, right. but I love how we went in and got degrees that we didn't really use the way they tell us to use mm -hmm. them. Yes. I feel like I use it every day. Right. Mm. Yeah. Same here. That's awesome. And I love that um, y'all are both in Christian ministry and we're going to go into that a little bit. Um, but tell me how you met your husbands in like one minute or less. I know that is so extremely hard, but I was reading both of your stories and I was like, these stories are amazing. And I am a sucker for a sweet kind of story, how you met husbands. So I want to know in one minute or less, y'all each tell me how you met your husbands. Okay. okay. Polly, uh, go for Polly it. here. I met my husband in Jamaica, what? <laughs> but he's from Missouri. He's not Jamaican. <laughs> um, <laughs> we went on a mission trip together. Um, and he was actually dating someone else at the time. So it wasn't like this, like love at first sight thing. We just crossed paths. We don't even remember the first time we met, but mm. we met in Jamaica, but we came back, just had a lot of mutual friends over the next year or two cross paths a lot. Um, and then started dating about two years after that. So that's okay. how Hey, we met in Jamaica. <laughs> I love it. It's so fun. And he's from the same area. That's crazy. Yeah, same yeah, state. So we're in Columbia, but <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Okay. Rachel. Okay. For me, um, I became a Christian about halfway through college and my friends were, my roommates and friends were Christians and they kept dragging me to this college ministry mm -hmm. and they kept saying, um, there's really cute guys there. So you know, God uses, I feel like God uses all kinds of motivations. To get um, so I honestly went because there were cute guys there. Um, and yeah. so when I got there, there was this blonde headed guy, several, a few years older than me, who was on staff with the, this ministry It's called crew. And he was mm -hmm. on stage and he was giving the talk that night. And I was like, I looked at my friends, I go, I'm going to meet him. And, uh, yeah. So yes, you did. I, I met him. <laughs> we became friends for a long time. And then um, we started dating and we kind of had, we broke up a few times and he actually asked me to marry him while we were broken up. We'd never talked about it. Uh -uh. He asked me to marry him while we were broken up. I love it. We got married three months later and here we are 19 years later. I love that. I love it. I knew, I knew it. I was like, I've got to hear these stories in person. It's yeah, so awesome. It's so sweet. Okay. So it's neat to see how God had you both in Christian ministry. 
And so tell me, how did you, first thing is, how did you become in Christian ministry? I know that you, the blonde hair guy that Rachel, that you saw is now your husband. He's a, he's a pastor. And so, you know, being a pastor's wife, that kind of just flings you into the ministry, right? (laughs) If you were called to it or not, you are now because this is your husband, right? Um, So tell me each one of you, how um, God, how you feel like God has prepared you for the ministry. Hmm. Or if you haven't, if you feel you're not prepared and God just gives you the power to do it. Well, I think for me, this is Rachel speaking. Um, God changed my life in a really radical way in college. So in high school, I was pretty rebellious, um, real rebellious and did a, you know, I mean, I just kind of did what Rachel wanted to do and it didn't always work out all that well. And so, um, but God continued, I had the best friends from high school who actually went to college with me at university of Missouri and they were Christians, strong Christians. And then like looking back, my very best friend, her family was a Christian family. They invited me to church. I heard the gospel through their family over the years. Mm. And he used that in my life. I, I watched her and I said, I, she has something I don't have. And that relationship, her long faithful friendship and me watching her live out her faith in all these ways, you know, it was choosing not to go to the parties. It was choosing to love me when I made bad decisions. Um, it was continually inviting me to church and to crew or whatever it was. Um, God used that in big ways to change my life. And so those last two years of college looked very different for me. And I was, um, I went on a mission trip to Hungary and for a whole summer and my husband was in charge of that mission trip actually. And so excuse me, during that time, I was able to work with high school kids and share the gospel with them. And through me sharing the gospel with them, I think it made more sense to me. And I was able to see how God had changed my story. And from that, I felt called. I mean, I really did feel called. Like I got done with college and I was like, I love kids. I love teaching. I love reading and writing and teaching kids, but I really love Jesus and telling other people about him. And so then when this church started at the time, and I already knew the people who were starting it, um, it, they came to me and were like, would you like to help run, you know, the children's ministry and the student ministry? And I was like, oh yeah, didn't even have to think about it. Mm. So that to me was like a sort of clear call. In fact, my husband wasn't a pastor yet. We weren't even married when it got hired. Um, we were actually probably on a, on an off period at that point. Um, <laughs> but he was in seminary. And so we were kind of, you know, growing together at that point. That's neat. So neat. I love that. What about you, Polly? Um, I grew up going to Canacuck camps. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a uh, kids camp in Branson, Missouri, for those who haven't heard of it. And um, I didn't really, you know, my parents are wonderful, wonderful people, but we weren't like an overtly Christian home. Like they weren't against it. But we just weren't like, it wasn't talked about much in the home. Um, so at Canacuck, I saw this whole new side of Jesus in these, in these college counselors, right? So mm-hmm. little Polly just knew she wanted to be a college counselor. Like I wanted to be a can of cut counselor someday. And so what I didn't realize is I was seeing Jesus in them and mm. loving that. But so I, my goal all through like junior high school, I'm like, I can cut counselor one day. And I was, I ended up being one. Um, so all through college, I did um, student ministry just because I was just so drawn to it. And, mm. and really, I think you're almost drawn to the ministry that changed your life the most. And I think I really was like hungry for God in my high school years. And so I was drawn to youth ministry in that way. So I did, um, young life through college. Um, and then different, what's different from our stories is that I got asked to come on staff with that church. And I said, no, three, three things. <laughs> <Did you really? laughs> yeah. 
I said, no, Keith wanted me to help you. Pastor asked me to come on staff and I was like, no, I'm going to be a school counselor because I got my, my um, graduate degree to be a secondary school counselor. And so at that point I was like, I'm going out, I'm going to be a school counselor. And, and then, so they asked me a couple of times and I said, no. And finally, I think the third time I was like, and this well, they were social. trying to hire you to take over my job. Right. Yeah. And that's I, what's funny. Is when I, I got pregnant, I said, I'm only going to work part time. And so they were going to have me work with children's ministry and they wanted to hire her to take over my student wow. ministry job. Yeah. But mm-hmm. do you remember having lunch yeah. and we got together and I was like, here's why you need to do this job. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, really. Yeah, that was our first lunch, like mm-hmm. I always like to say, like how we met is I took Rachel's job, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I just took over. Um, yeah. yeah, so we really did. Our first time we ever like really sat down and talked was when I was going to transition to her job. So I was like, what am I signing up for here? So, um, so yeah, so I, I ended up working at a church in, in high school ministry for about five years, and so and then yeah. Okay. Okay. So I was getting, my next question was, how did you meet? So now that's how you met. Okay. So I want to know, how did you get from working at a church, you know, um, pouring into these young kids and then now you are thriving home bloggers. You have a blog, you've had it for eight years. You are cookbook writers, you're authors. (laughs) What got you from that all the way to being an influencer on Instagram with all of them. Right. Oh my gosh. I want to know. (laughs) Well, I think it, I think it started because when I stayed home with my first child, like I said, I was still working part-time for the church, but Polly and I, this was in 2008, 2009. We both started separate blogs at that Mm. time. It was sort of the boom of everybody was trying out this blog thing. Yes. And um, I was writing more about, health and recipes and parenting and that kind of thing. And, and you were writing, Polly was writing more like DIY. She's super creative, was redoing furniture and all kinds of stuff. Kind of thrifty home Mm -hmm. stuff. I would find old furniture on the side of the road, redo it and sell it and kind of, you know, track the, the, the process of it. And so we both had these different niches and then, and then all of a sudden we started hearing like, Hey, blogs can actually make money. We're like, mm-hmm. well, that'd be fun, you know? And so then we can't remember the exact moment that we said, Hey, we should do this together. But at some point in there, we had this little brainchild of creating, like bringing our, our gifts together to like bring kind of one big wholesome home blog. And so, um, that's kind of where thriving home was born. I even remember we had a hard time. We're like, are we going to invest $50 in this thing? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. it was like, this could be a bust. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. $50 is a lot, especially with yeah, your like a lot. Yeah. husband, yeah. like about it, like talk to him about it and pray about it. We didn't have any money. We no. Yeah. was staying home with a kid. Husband and, uh, seminary. Yeah. But we yeah. both are very, have entrepreneurial spirits and are creative. And I think one of the things is we started to see that we were getting, readers who weren't our friends right. of our blog, mm. we like, what? you know, and so Google was starting to give us traffic on mm. our, our blogs. And we were like, what if we started this together? Yeah. Could we make it into a business? So right. we really did start it intending it to be a business, but our, our mission has always been from the very beginning, we sat down, we said, what do we want to do with this? We want to equip and encourage moms to thrive mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. And ultimately behind that, um, you know, we, we do talk about our faith pretty openly on Thriving Home, but we have readers from all over the map, mm-hmm. you know, spiritually. And so we're really careful about how we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but our goal is the same, whether someone's a Christian or non-Christian, we want them to be encouraged. We want them to be equipped to thrive at home. Mm-hmm. And we do think ultimately that's them knowing what God's mission mm-hmm. is for them. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of what's behind everything we do. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And I love that because when I was looking at your name, Thriving Home, I thought back to the time when, um, I'm going to cry, but back to the time when I had my son. My son is six. And so Polly, he's like your middle child, a little bit younger, Rachel, than your youngest. But um, but I did, when I had to go back to work and I was, um, you know, a new mom and hormones were everywhere. Um, and I remember I was surviving. It was like the day was just to survive during the day. And then, um, but then to move from surviving to thriving, it reminded me of the verse in John that says, I have come to give you life and give it to you to the full. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I think of as thriving. And I love that that is y'all's mission. I love that that's your name. And I love how you say, this is how you encourage moms uh, in the practical, because you give so much practical recipes and fun things to do. I was on your Insta stories earlier today when you were talking about Christmas activities to do. And I was like, yep, 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 yep. Doing all this, you know, like let my son get home from school and we're going to get the stuff together, you know, um, and get it ready for Christmas break when we need things, fun things to do at home. Um, but I love how you said, when you encourage moms, you say that the small unseen things that you do every day have a lasting impact. Mm. And I love that so much because, um, you know, I think in the day to day, if you are a mom that you are home with your kids, or even if you are a work at home mom or a work outside of the home mom, you know, it's those unseen things that you do every day that you're packing the lunch or you're um, wiping the hands or you're cleaning that counter, or you don't even have one second to yourself because your two-year-old is active of every second of the day. How, how do you, I guess, train your mind to know that you are having a lasting impact. Mm-hmm. I, so I relate to your story a lot. I've, I've joked around. I'm like, we need to rename our blog surviving home, not thriving <laughs> home. <laughs> I think every mom's been there. I mean, yeah. no one is always thriving all the time. And we try to emphasize that like we are not always thriving, you know, but we yeah. create a spot that encourages you to take mm-hmm. that one step to do that. So don't feel like a failure if you're just making it through the day. Cause I 100% get that. I still have days like that where I'm like, we just barely made it. Like, <laughs> everyone's alive. That's that's a success today. Uh, <laughs> um, I think, you know, gosh, moms, I just respect moms so much. <laughs> like, because so much of what moms do is unseen and un- unappreciated and, um, and not recognized. I mean, really almost like 80%, maybe 90% of what we do mm-hmm. in the home yeah. is just unseen. And so I, again, it, it is kind of, um, training our mind to think that way. And have you seen the, um, there's like these, this type of artwork where it's made up of little dots, right? So there's like, um, help me describe Point, it's this. It's called pointillism. Yeah. Yeah. So if you zoom in really close, it's just one dot, right? Mm -hmm. If you zoom in a little bit more, there's, you see a few more dots. And if you keep going further and further back, you see this big old beautiful art piece that's made up of all these little dots. And so I kind of like to think of those little small things, the load of laundry, the carpool, the little note in lunch boxes, the mm-hmm. encouraging word, the prayer before bedtime, tying the shoes, wiping the, the tush, whatever it is, those are all little dots creating and pouring into these little people that is creating something larger than you can see. 
And so right now, yeah. most moms are just in, just do the dots, the dots, you know, because we aren't seeing this end result quite yet, you know, but yeah. we can trust these little dots are creating something and creating a story and pouring into these little people. So it makes me choke up thinking I about it. That. That's, that's yeah. such, such a great picture. I'm so visual. That is such a great picture. It is. I well, love that. feel like you have purpose in the mundane because those little mundane things do count and they are adding something to this person's mm -hmm. life. But right now you may not see it and you may not feel it and it feels very just kind of purposeless sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that's, that helps me. Like I have to remind myself, like even saying that right now, I'm like a little bit motivated. Like, oh yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Sometimes you're just on the hamster wheel, you know? And I, yeah. think, I think it, I think you have to look for Cause you're sowing as a mom, you're sowing mm -hmm. and, and God says you will reap a good harvest, you know, continue persevere. Um, and so, you know, even now my oldest is 12, he'll be th turning 13 and be a teenager as of mm. next, but I can see, I stayed home, um, full-time and then worked little part-time jobs from home. But, you know, I just, I'm seeing some fruit from some of the things we did from when my kids were little and it's so encouraging. And I mean, we have our own issues that crop up, you know, each stage they crop up, but like even just taking family dinners, for instance, um, I just remember, and you guys, I know struggle with family dinners. <laughs> I'm looking at Polly. Um, but, but, you know, family dinner is so hard. And I remember when they were little, it just felt like every other bite, we were trying to do some kind of discipline thing with a kid mm. or whatever. Yes. But, you know, last night I came home, I was gone for two nights, went on a girl's trip. Yes, this is possible. Um, <laughs> when your kids get a little bit older, uh, came home and, you know, made some tomato soup and grilled cheese, nothing fancy, but you know, we were able to sit down and one of my kids said, um, mom, how was your trip? And like Aww. took initiative to Yay. ask a question. Wow. <laughs> so it's just, I was like, okay, that's a win. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. actually thought of me or someone else. A you back know, and forth conversation. Back and forth conversation. <laughs> you know, we had some discipline things we had to go through in the middle of that. Sure. But you know, I'm seeing some of those. It's so hard to sit down with your family every night and try to make that a priority. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. But I think if you are trying to be consistent with it, you'll begin to see fruit. And that's just one area I thought of. I love that. Well, and I love how on your blog and on Instagram, the pictures that y'all have of your food and all of the freezer meals because you have two books well one book and then the next cookbook is coming out um we're going to be airing this the week it comes out so i'm super excited about that but um the first book is called freezer meals to table correct from freezer to table yes. from freezer to table okay i messed it up um but the pictures in that and the pictures that y'all were filming or getting ready for this next cookbook are unbelievable and how y'all use real food there's not you know there's not not any real food going on and you have a uh i think there was a lady that was a food stager and like food you had a chef you had i mean and so my question is first when you do all that for your cookbooks and i just started thinking this when you said tomato soup and grilled cheese i was thinking oh this sounds so good right now um <laughs> how how did y'all get the recipes for the cookbook and i know there's a couple things in your lives that um, you walk through, I, I guess, to give you a love for healthy eating and also just a love for food. Um, Rachel, you said that you kind of, your path to healthy eating kind of came along when your oldest was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at 18 months old. That is unbelievable yeah. for me 
to think about. And then also Polly, you said uh, about taking care of your body without worshiping it. So tell me these two different stories about food and how that kind of took you on this path to writing this cookbook and to showing with your listeners and your, your readers about eating. Yeah. I've always been interested in food. I love food. Um, but I also love, um, thinking about how to take care of our bodies and in my family and that kind of thing. So I've always had an interest in that. Um, but when my son was really young, firstborn, only kid, he got really, really sick, like so sick. He, he wasn't eating. Mm -hmm. He reverted from walking to crawling. He was in so much pain and nobody could figure out what was going on. And, um, it was really scary, but thankfully God got us to just the right place. Kansas city, a children's mercy hospital in Kansas city. Um, they found out he has Crohn's disease, which was really rare for a kid that age. We don't even have it in our family. I didn't even know what it was at the time. Um, it's an autoimmune disease that attacks your digestive system if people don't know. But, um, but at the time I had zero control over what was going on in his life. Um, and that's kind of like a lot of parents who have a kid that is struggling, you know, with some sort of illness. It sent me down that path of going, well, what can I do at home to help him give him the best environment to get healthy? And that sent me down the path of food. Um, so I was like, I've got to learn to make homemade, healthy, homemade food made with whole foods. We've got to cut out the processed junk. Not that we had a ton of it, but for sure had some. And, um, I started like really focusing on how to cook that way. That's great. Um, my journey of food, gosh. So I, I had a little bit of a weight loss journey, I guess, in college till now. Um, not a huge, you know, it wasn't a huge, huge issue, but, um, I definitely lost a lot of weight, um, kind of a post-college, um, and mainly because I just learned to eat better, um, like use real foods. And so there, there's something that happens, you know, in a woman's heart with, with your size. And I think, you know, there's that tendency of, I did like my body more. And so, like you said, it was kind of this tendency of like, okay, what's the balance of seeing yourself as a steward of your body and taking good care of it and, and exercise and eating right, because you want to take care of this body God gave you. And then the balance of like, not idolizing it. Right. So I think, you know, almost all women walk that line in some way or another. Um, and so on a practical level, I really, I mean, even now, like I still have to tell myself like, okay, I, I am going to listen to my thinking brain, not my feeling brain. Right. Or I'm going to talk to myself rather than listen to myself because it's so easy to listen to the messages of culture, of media, of other women, even how they're talking about their bodies or how I should, or commercials or whatever it is, we, whether we know it or not, we're taking this stuff in. And so we have to, as women, be talking to ourselves too and reminding ourselves of the core truths of what God says about our bodies and what is true beauty and what's going to bring you true joy and satisfaction in the long run. Because if you don't do that, you're, you're in a, I mean, we're already like, running uphill against this. Right. And yeah. so if you're not fighting back against it, you're, you're moving, you know, I mean, you're, you're getting slaughtered. And so, um, it doesn't even matter what age you are. It's still a battle. I kind of, you know, I thought, Oh, by the time I'm, I'm 37, I'm like, by the time I would have thought 20 year old Polly would think 37 year old Polly would have this all figured out, you know, but it's like, <laughs> no, it almost gets harder, you know, uh -huh. sure. It does. You get older. <laughs> Try jumping into your forties, Polly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I just turned 40. So welcome. <laughs> a lot, then. It's coming. It's coming for you. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, I love that. And I love the cookbook from freezer to table that y'all have written. And then the new one, which is called from freezer to cooker. So 
Yeah. So our recipes are similar in both. Our, our goal is to make really easy recipes that anybody can make, but that are delicious. That's mm -hmm. a high, that's a high priority for us mm -hmm. yes. um, that families will like. And the idea behind both of these two is that they're meals that you can, you can make them fresh right then, or, or you can make them ahead and you can freeze them. And we've given you instructions so that when you prepare them, when you're ready to eat them, they will taste just like a fresh meal. Um, so our first book teaches you the basics of freezer cooking and has some of our you know, favorite recipes initially. The second book, though, we're excited about because if anybody has a slow cooker, which I don't know very many people that don't, um, <laughs> or the Instant Pot, which is so popular now for good reason, um, all of the recipes that we've created for the second book work in both the slow cooker and the Instant Pot. And we give you freezing instructions for them. So there's tons of flexibility and we feel like there's really nothing else on the market like right. it. Right. And we think it's going to help moms get dinner on the table. Really? There's families. so much versatility with the recipes. Like, it, you know, you can, we have recipes if you want to put something in at the beginning of the day. We have recipes if you're like 30 minutes till dinner time, what am I going to make? You know, yeah. so there's a lot of versatility. We really did make it with busy moms in mind of like, mm -hmm. are they going to be able to like prep this with a kid hanging on their hip? You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, and okay, because I love the idea of freezer meals, but I'm not good at it. So if I had your cookbook, could I look at it and say, okay, here are the ingredients. I could make my grocery list and go to the grocery and get it and be able to do it that week. Is that oh, something absolutely. I could do? That's right. what we've done in the recipes themselves. Um, as you read through it, we even stop you at the point where, okay, stop here, jump to our freezing instructions for, at this point, mm -hmm. and, and we teach you exactly how to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Right. Good. And yeah. I have another question. I need to know, should I buy an Instapot? I have a crock pot, but I don't know. I'm on the edge. I'm like, should I, should I not? What yeah, do you think? I think we need to have like diagnostic questions. With we, do. we need to come up right. with this because I don't necessarily feel like everyone needs it, but okay. Here's my questions for you. Um, do you like to cook? No. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> okay. And, um, do you have a lot of time? Um, we like kind of, yeah, I do. I mean, do. Okay, I don't okay. really, no, I just say no. No, no I don't have any time. Your mom, nobody. Yeah, I'm a mom. I don't have much time. Okay. Then yeah, I think an instant pot would be for Okay. You. Okay. Good. Cause I don't like, I don't like the process of sitting on the stove yeah. and doing, I just yeah. don't like that. I'm like, you I got other things day. to do. A lot of people don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually okay. do like to cook. Um, I don't have a ton of time either. Um, but I use my instant pot once or twice a week easily. Okay. Now okay. I've got a few recipes that are, I, I get how to use it. So it's a little bit of yeah. a learning mm -hmm. process, not a ton. It's super easy, but, yeah. um, our book actually will, if you, here's the deal. We've talked to tons of people. They've got their instant pot already, but it's yeah. still in the box yeah. last year because everybody says, I'm so scared to open it. Right. Um, our book talks you through exactly what to do to get started and then gives you all of these recipes right off the bat that we know are tested. Polly right. and I spent two years testing these recipes. Right. We have awesome. a recipe testing team of 500 people that have helped us with it. So we know they're good. Wow. Right. Um, we took awesome. internal temperatures because when we started this, I feel like there was no great resource for instant pot cooking times. They were all over the place. So we're like, all right, we're starting from scratch. We're just going to cook chicken six minutes, take the temperature, see if it's done. Okay. okay. That's seven minutes, ticket, you know? And so we really like, it was very tedious, but we really are confident about our recipes. And um, I think if anyone's going to get started with an Instant Pot, our, our cookbook is for sure like, <laughs> I'm not going to say, you need this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, and let me ask you this. Your recipes, are they half yours, Rachel and Polly, or are they a combination? Where do you get your recipes? 
-hmm. Well, so Pauline and I, um, we've been doing this for many years mm -hmm. and, um, we are always trying to get inspired by, so we read recipe books, we read magazines, we look at Pinterest. And so what we did for both of our books is we came up with a list of what we thought would be recipes that would provide a wide variety of foods. That would be things that our families would actually eat. So um, we kind of came up with the ideas and then we started doing lots of research. It's very much a team project for mm -hmm. us. Um, and then one of us would really work hard at developing that recipe, testing that recipe. It wow. often goes through several iterations. Our families test it, her family, like if I make it for my family, I send her a version to test. Um, and it might go to our recipe testing team. Um, they really, it's a very organic and fairly long process mm -hmm. of coming up with all of these recipes. Mm -hmm. Well, it's very thorough. It seems like, I mean, I've gone through a lot to do that. So I, I'm excited. When does it come out? Um, it'll hit bookshelves January 14th. Okay. So what's next for thriving home? What's next? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, we're getting ready to have our big, uh, 2020 powwow, but, right. um, we've got a few irons in the fire. We're mm -hmm. excited to work with, um, a brand that just approached us about some ideas. Mm -hmm. So you can check our, I don't know how much we can say at this point, right. but we're, we're going to have some new exciting, um, things coming out. We're excited too, to really, um, really invest in our site. You know, a lot since the past couple of years, our, our energy and our has shifted a lot towards cookbooks. And so I think we're really excited to get back in the recipes in our site and make them better and better photos and just, you know, just make sure things are really, we just redid, redid our website, but we want to like really go back to old posts and make sure they're in really good shape for people. Because people are making these things. We're like, Oh my gosh, someone made that. And we don't, <laughs> <laughs> years, yeah. you know, so we just want to really make sure thriving home is a place that we know every post on there is quality. Mm -hmm. Every recipe is quality. So we're, we're excited to kind of really dig into the, to that side of things and just kind of, yeah, get things nice and healthy there again. Yep. So. Good. Okay. Where can people find you online? Okay. So our blog is thrivinghome.org mm -hmm. and we have so many freezer recipes, freezer meal recipes, easy recipes, lots of parenting ideas, that kind of thing. I would say get on our email list is the yeah. best way to stand mm -hmm. because you know, if you just forget a URL. So I would say you have to our website, get on our email list. That's probably the best. way. So we send you the best of the best content every week with that. So, and then I'm kind of Instagram queen, Rachel's Facebook queen. So you can find nice. Polly on Instagram for the most part. <laughs> we still have fun. We, you know, we were a partnership and all these things, but yeah. I definitely am usually the one behind Instagram. Rachel's usually yeah. the one behind Facebook. So okay. pre-order our cookbook, mm -hmm. go to from freezer to cooker.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would love that. That would be really helpful. And Ren, we'll create a special landing page for your listeners and we've got some freebies to offer you guys too. Oh, that would be great. So, yeah. We'll put our best of best on there. Right. We'll, any recipes we mentioned. Any recipes we mentioned right. today. Okay. So. That would be awesome. And Thank you so much. Put it in your show notes. Okay. Perfect. Okay. One last question before we have to go, but I have an eat, read, love segment. So I want to know what y'all are eating, what you're reading and what you're loving. Okay. okay. You ready? Okay. Um, eating. I have something healthy and unhealthy. My healthy one is our <laughs> avocado lime salsa. It's so simple and so good. It's my like four o'clock snack. I will okay. help that in the show notes. So it's, it's really, really good. Okay. Um, my unhealthy thing is dark chocolate covered pretzels. Oh my gosh. They're so good. <gasps> Yum. Oh, Yum. I'm, I'm just such a sucker for any kind of chocolate covered pretzel, but right now the dark chocolate's just getting me. Mm. So. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Rachel, my eating thing, I've got a healthy and an unhealthy. My healthy <laughs> is, 
um, going back to my childhood roots is apple slices with peanut butter, but the peanut butter has to be melted in the microwave. And my kids are really into that too. That's oh. like one of their favorite snacks. They call it peanut butter sauce. Mm. Oh, so, that's funny. Very good. Okay. Um, my unhealthy is at Aldi. Do you have an Aldi there? Yes, we do. Okay. It is a thing. It's a thing. It's for a sure. huge thing here. Um, are all the, there's this dark chocolate granola. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, don't buy it because okay. you will I'm eat buying it. it all. I'm buying it. You'll eat it all. <laughs> Christmas so there's time. My, there's my <laughs> I love that. That sounds so good. And dark chocolate for the win. I used to not like it. Now I like it. It's so, so good. I know. Okay. Um, what are you reading? reading? I, I just, this Polly, I just finished the Alice network, which was a okay. great Great fiction. Oh, so good. I love historical fiction. Okay. Um, I, just, I love novels. I'm just a sucker for novels. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Now I'm reading Little Fires Everywhere. I can't give a strong like opinion yet. I'm only like three chapters in. So okay. reading it because it's not recommended by a lot of people. So, okay. Sounds good. Okay. And mine is, I'm reading The Apprentice. It's called My Life in the Kitchen by Jacques Pepin. Pepin. I don't know how you say that. Okay. He's a very famous French chef. In fact, Julia oh. Child called him the greatest chef of our time. Wow. Um, what I like about it, though, is that he grew up during World War II in France, and he's just a delightful, re- uh, delightful writer to read. And he has all these cool stories about growing up and surviving the war. And it's not like dark, dark war. It's kind of like from a kid's perspective and how he learned to cook. Um, I mean, I'm into cooking, but I think anybody would really enjoy the book itself. Okay. My other one is I'm reading Dare to Hope by Katie Davis Majors. So yes. are, did you read Kisses Kisses from Kisses Katie? from Katie? I haven't, yeah. but I've heard a lot about oh, it. So, so good. good. The second one's incredible too. So Okay. All right. Good to know. Yay. Okay. What are you loving? Um, I am currently doing the She Reads Truth Advent study. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, you too. are. I didn't yeah, think I realized I that. It. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I just, I love She Reads True Studies. They're just so mm-hmm. approachable for me, but they're like in the word. I just love those. And so I'm doing the Advent one and they're just, they're just they, so good. pretty. You want to be in it, you know? So <laughs> I, I've been enjoying that. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I'm loving is our family has been listening to Lord of the Rings on, on audio. Oh. And just one or two nights a week and we get in the living room, we all get our blankets and we snuggle in and listen. And I was just telling Polly, I go, it's one of those things every time they're like, Oh, we don't want to. And they uh-huh. kind of, and then we get it going and we're like, Oh, got to turn it off guys. Time to go to bed. And they're like, don't turn it off. <laughs> so, anyway, we, Nathan, my husband and I love Tolkien and um, it's fun to watch our kids get really excited about it. That is neat. Yes. And the dogs like it too. (laughs) I know mine are the same way. They were barking at birds this morning. Yay. Well, thank y'all so much for coming on the podcast. This was awesome. And I cannot wait to get your book freezer to cooker. And I can't wait for everybody to hear this episode. And thanks so much for giving me time y'all today. Of course. We really enjoyed it. You're so fun. It was so fun. Thanks y'all. Thanks, Ren. Bye-bye. What a fun episode. We talked about so much, and I really loved when Polly said, I'm going to talk to myself instead of listening to myself. That goes straight back to what Erica and I were talking about in last week's episode with renewing our minds with Scripture. Let me ask you this. Do you have a fear of missing out? I totally do. But it's not a problem. The best way to not miss out for anything that comes from the Friends of a Feather podcast is to get on my email list. 
By doing this, you can get all of the show notes emailed directly to you each Wednesday morning, and you can hear about future guests that are coming on the podcast. Nobody else gets that. When you sign up, you can get my free download, Ways to Be a Good Friend. But if you're ready to go ahead and grab your freebies, go to our show notes at renrobbins.com slash podcast slash 115. That's W-R-E-N-R-O-B-B-I-N-S dot com slash podcast slash 115. Oh, and one more thing. If you're listening on your podcast app and you are encouraged by today's episode, click those three small dots and send it to a friend. I know when I get podcasts from friends, I love it. Well, thanks for joining me today. I post several times a week on Instagram and Facebook, and I would love to connect with you. Remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend. Thank you.